You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony. I'm speaking with Melinda Lowe. Her new novel is Adaptation. Thank you for joining me, Melinda. Hi, thank you. This novel is a departure. Last time I, around, you were writing urban fantasy, and it was really dense and complex. Now you've gone to some very intense science fiction. What brought about the change? It came to me in a dream. <laughs> Seriously, I had a dream. It was really... A very intense dream where I was in an airport and these birds started falling from the sky. <laughs> and I and the news was on in the airport, as it always is. And Bill Clinton was on the news telling us all, it's all going to be fine, really. And it obviously was not going to be fine. So when I woke up, I ran to my office and I wrote it down really fast in my writing journal because I thought, this is an awesome beginning to a book. And I just kept thinking about it for months. And so I started to figure out, how to turn that dream into a book. It was, <laughs> it was a three-year process. <laughs> it really is an intense beginning, and I'd like you to talk a little bit about, because it's the plotting for a science fiction thriller like this is very different from urban fantasy. You have a different kind of world building where you're transforming, essentially, the world we know into something very different instead of beginning with a world that has all these things woven through it. Talk about the difference for you as a writer. Well, the main difference for me with this book um, and its sequel, it's a two-book series, so this is basically the first half of the story, and then next year the second half will come out. So um, the main difference for me with these two books, with my first two books, which were fantasy, was these two are much more of a mystery. So it's definitely, um, my goal was to write a thriller, but also there's a very big mystery involved. So there were all these mystery reveals that had to happen at certain points in the plot. And that was so hard to do. I am so grateful that I am now writing with Scrivener, (laughs) this word processing program. It's kind of like a storyboard. So each chapter is represented with an index card on a virtual corkboard and you can like move things around. You can move the plot around in any way you want. And I did a lot of moving those index cards around (laughs) to figure out how to build in the mystery reveals. It was a big challenge. I I thought it was so fun, though, because I love reading mysteries. The mystery aspect is really apparent. Yeah, well, one of the reasons I knew that this was could make a really cool beginning to a book was because it reminded me so much of The X-Files, which is one of my favorite TV shows of all time. And what was so great about The X-Files was it was really a crime series. Like every week they investigated a new mystery, but that mystery was paranormal or sci-fi in nature. And that's, that was so much fun to do with these books. I just had a lot of fun playing with that. Now, uh, at the heart of this is some kind of science fiction kernel, and how long does it take to find this out, and how much did you know before you started writing the book, and how much was revealed to you as you wrote the book? I did a lot of plotting before I wrote the book because I sold it on proposal, so I had to write a very detailed outline for my publisher. So I figured out this whole very convoluted plot (laughs) to put in the proposal, and I would say that 50% of that never worked. (laughs) And so I guessed, you know, I kind of took a stab at figuring out what 
was going to happen. But I will say that the very initial idea I had, the idea that these birds were falling dead from the sky and the government was saying everything is going to be okay, but it's actually not. I wrote that in my writing journal. That has carried through both books. It, the way I revealed that was something that I had to work out through writing and revising. Talk about creating characters in this world who are going to become part of the next world, essentially, and how they have to adapt. You know, these characters were interesting. Some of them came to me very quickly, and some of them took a lot of work. Like, the main character was very difficult for me to understand at first, and I wrote the whole first draft of this book, and I, I kind of, I knew what the character looked like, I knew what she was doing, but I didn't understand why. And I think that was partly because her journey is about, well, it's about understanding what type of transformation she has to go through, and she doesn't know. So the first time I wrote the book, I didn't really know either. <laughs> so I had to go through all this writing, and then I had to basically rewrite the whole book in the second draft to figure out more about her, like why she did what she did, what her motivations were. So I would not recommend that as a writing tactic, but you know, sometimes it happens that way. There were, there were other characters that came to me right away, but the main character, unfortunately, did not. But it, I knew her at the end of the first book, so the second book was much easier to deal with. You know, I really love the blocking in the scenes. Talk about mapping that out and keeping the tension up once you establish it. That seems like that's really difficult. I love writing the action scenes. I, I don't know about other writers, but for me, those are some of the most easy to write. So these scenes, the action that takes place in these books, a lot of it is very visual. I mean, I see it in my head a lot of the times, kind of like you would see a movie. And I sort of describe it from a gut level. Like I imagine I'm the character in that scene. I try to describe that character. I describe the scene through that character's eyes and how she feels what's going on. So for me, I try to make sure that all of the action is very firmly rooted in one character's experience of it. And I think that keeps the reader in the scene too. So you're not just describing this thing exploded and then this thing went this way and then that guy fell over. You know, you, I, you have to make sure you're describing it from the POV of the person experiencing it. One thing it's clear you do very well is create fear, but you create it on two levels. There's the immediate dread of what's going to happen to these people in the next five minutes, whether they're going to survive. But you also create a, this sensation of lasting dread that, wow, everything's changing, not for the better, and the good times we've enjoyed are not coming back. Oh no, that sounds very dire. I think you should do the voiceover to all the, the book trailers for my book. That'd be great. <laughs> That's right. All the good times are over. <laughs> we'll talk about the difference between creating the uh, short, sharp uh, stabs and this kind of feeling of lingering fear. It, there's different kind of language that go with each kind of uh, uh, creation. Yeah, I think that the feeling of, the pervasive feeling of dread, <laughs> which I, you know, was not actually present in earlier drafts. And my editor asked me to go back in and make it more of a, a palpable mood. And for me, I was able to do that by going through the book and kind of writing with a soundtrack in my head, lighting in my head. I kind of imagine the scenes with this like gloomy look or... 
I would listen to music that was kind of eerie. And somehow that would put me in a space to write that kind of scene. And also, since a lot of this book takes place in San Francisco, you know, there's a lot of fog <laughs> in the city. And I was thinking to myself, there's so much noir that takes place in San Francisco. It's so gloomy. And I kind of want that feel in some scenes. And what do they do? Well, the weather here <laughs> can sometimes really help. So if you have to have more dread. Maybe it should be really foggy. <laughs> and then there are also a lot of scenes in kind of medical facilities. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I find those facilities kind of creepy. You know, they're very brightly lit, but in a very creepy way. So I found that describing the way a scene was lit actually helped a lot. So those are just kind of mood. It's a kind of a tone and a mood built out of background words that's a little bit that is different you're right from the um short jabbing kind of words you use when something big happens uh, so i hope you're having more bad dreams oh i had other dreams that were part of this book actually i did because i thought about it so much there's this one part there's this one thing the character goes through that is the moment of transformation and i couldn't figure out how to describe it and um I had a dream about it. I dreamed that I was her and this happened to me and I woke up the next morning and I was completely freaked out. <laughs> I wrote that down too. And basically, that dream has made it into the book. She has the same dream that I have. Now, are you going to continue writing in this vein? I, I, I think you really have a knack for it. <laughs> Thank you so much. Well, I'm finishing revisions on the sequel right now. And this is just a two-book series. So this one um, is going to be done. But I really like writing this kind of stuff. So hopefully sometime in the future I will be able to do more of it. I've been speaking with Melinda Lowe. Her new novel is Adaptation. Thank you for joining me, Melinda. Thank you so much for having me again. You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony.